It's Craggy Island Rugby, the brief edition. European Challenge Cup Rugby never fails to surprise us and it's very hard to predict. Newcastle beaten in NSI this afternoon and here we are in, uh, what's this stadium called? André Damosch. Nice. I was, I was working on it earlier and I wanted to see how you pronounce it. André Damosch. James Crombie is Yo. taking photographs of us. James, we may have called you the wrong name a few weeks ago, but we're, we're correcting that now. Not Crosby, anyway, definitely. Definitely not Crosby. No, he was in Russia, and he'd like everyone to know he was in Russia. So was William. Uh, were you in Russia, Rob? I wasn't in Russia, and I'm starting to really feel like I really missed I out. You are. I don't think you were. <laughs> and it's not remotely cold here this evening. It's not even, it's not even close to cold. And that's, that's after you've been in South Africa. Thanks, James. He's gone on to take some more pictures of the uh, press box. Uh, James from Info, one of the best on the beat. Uh, right, we've had a nice meal today. William's phone's just rung. Okay. You? You're interrupting the podcast. We're, we're all right. Yeah, we're, we're in the middle of the podcast, you see, and the phone's just rung. Thank you very much. We're going to drop the recorder down to you in a second, Packy. We need the recorder for a second. Which end are you at? This could get really boring for the listeners. Yeah, you're at the end of Breavers. I don't know. We'll get down to you in a second. Hope you're not. Oh, there you are. We see you, Packy. You need to get all the way down to the far corner and then all the way around because I don't think you can get around that side. To the opposite corner. To the opposite, diagonal, diagonally opposite corner where there's a bar set up. Yeah, and Rob can Rob Rob will run down to you then. So we're going to give the recorder to Packy, right. and Here's between right. himself and Ronan Byrne, we might actually have a podcast team for during the game. But in the meantime, William, phone's off. Uh, uh, that doesn't matter. It's not going to go again. Your sound. Only going to ring again. Hardly. Uh, well, yeah, we've had some nice meal. We've settled in. We we're here since last night. It's all, it's all do or die in this game now. Breve could still win this and lose the group to Connacht, of course, because they might lose in Newcastle, but it does feel like a complete decider. Yeah, it has that feel now, um, mainly because of the amazing result today and fair play to NSI to win two games that were home games, but weren't even home games. They were in Sochi. Um, they will be absolutely thrilled because the one thing that came across to me there when I was there was just the pure passion they have. They will be ecstatic with that performance. Hard to know what Newcastle were up to, uh, but it's kind of made tonight's game uh, a shootout. It hasn't exactly enthused the locals because half an hour before kickoff, there's not very many people here uh, in this quite impressive municipal stadium. All right, uh, loads of Connacht fans over. We met the Fleetwood family, and we were chatting to them earlier. Big listeners' podcast. Hello to them. Michael, who helped us, who, who was going to help us out in the uh, car rental if we needed to, any, uh, to, to anyone to go along with him because he had spare seat in the back because we had a full car down there. So we appreciate that too. And uh, anyone else? Oh, I met Sinead Halligan as well. So that's another one. Uh, anyone else that we haven't mentioned? Apologies, but you know, there's going to be good sport here, and we'll talk to you in a little while. But for now, to take you through the match, we give you Packy. Okay, this is Packy here. The game is just about to kick off. Aj McGinty kicking down into the ground as we look at it on our left. Uh, both teams are, came out. Oh, great catch by Danny Pullman straight off the bat. Connacht on the attack. Come on, Connacht! We'll come right back and we'll see what's happened. Aj McGinty is lining up a kick after a great start by Connacht. A great break by... McGinty himself onto John Muldoon who've passed out of the tackle to Rory Parata who got in McGinty with the kick (laughs) 
And he's missed it, unfortunately. But this is a great start by Connacht. Five points to the good after one minute with Ronan Byrne here. Ronan, what do you think of that start? Oh, excellent. So the last two passes, but a very fluid start, you know. Hopefully more to come. So we're 20, just over 20 minutes in. Connacht are a point down. We're 6-5 down from a position where we should probably be 7 or 10-3 ahead. Would that be right, Ronan? Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably, probably, we probably we could we could have ten points on the board for, for sure. There were fairly straightforward kicks that were missed. Um, I think on balance we probably deserve to be ahead. Um, we've sort of a few errors have let Brady into the game a wee bit, but uh, I think we you know, we still have, we could get a win out of this. I think if we if we if we tidy up our uh, play a wee bit. Okay, so it's half time here. Connacht are 9 5 down. Despite playing an awful lot of rugby, made a huge amount of mistakes, um, should be 10 3 ahead by my count. I don't know what to think, Ro. Uh, you could probably argue that in the, in the, we probably should be 10 3 ahead after the first quarter, but uh, Brief have come into the game and lost, mainly through our mistakes. You know, our, we're not executing at all, to be honest, anywhere really. I don't, I don't, you know, scrums are going okay at, at times. Line-outs, OK at times. Um, need to uh, probably have a 40% improvement in the second half to come away with anything out of this, to be honest. I agree. Well, it's just it's just not happening for Connacht at the minute. And, uh, I, I would have some funny uh, decisions from the referee, but all in all, we, we need, really need to pick up the pace. OK, we're 65 minutes in. It's going from bad to worse here for Connacht. Uh, did well, got a great try to John Muldoon. Uh, Ash McGinty missed the kick. Uh, terrible, uh, terrible kick in the attempt. Um, we've given away some penalties, some possibly harsh calls from the referee. Um, Ro, what's your take on this? Yeah, pretty much the same, Paddy, back here. Unfortunately, uh, uh, we just we were um, horrendous amount of mistakes, bad decisions, uh, like restarts. Just, you know, like... Yeah. You know, we've changed personnel and things are are, are not improving. Um, and like you know, the moments where we see little flashes of, of what the, the potential, we then go and screw up in the next phase. You know, it's just it's not good, not good at all. Well, that was utterly devastating. Uh, to be in a position to win a game, to miss so many kicks, uh, it was and to play so poorly. I. I I've lost for words now at this stage. Very disheartening. Uh, you know, uh, if you look back over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've, we, we're, all, we're beating ourselves at this stage. It's like it's like Connacht of old have taken have taken hold of the team. Just the uh, lack of conviction. You know, it's time they, at times they spark, but like they do one good thing and then it's two or three bad things. You know, and lack of consistency, yeah, lack, lack of sort of belief. I think in, in them that they're going to go out and win games at the minute. And it's got it's got to change. Uh, I'm not sure about the policy of the, uh, picking the team we picked starting today. Uh, is it our best 15? Probably not. Maybe we should have just gone with it. Losing bonus here. It's not good enough. We left 13, 14 points on the on, out there. Um, really, it was really, really poor. That's as bad as I've seen kind of playing up for a long time. The post-game section of the podcast, or more accurately, the link between the match and the post-game section of the podcast, which will be recorded in Carcassonne Airport for now. Just got back to the hotel. William, you know, we'll have heard from the lads and their summation of the game. 
were just feeling like that was a, a really, really poor display from Connacht, and that's what's been said from, in the press conferences as well. I'm afraid it was. Uh, you come away, you score three tries, um, you don't convert them, you miss penalties, you lead with a minute and a half to go, uh, same as last week, and you lose. Um, they looked crestfallen. I think the fans were pretty annoyed, really. It was an error-strewn mess of a performance. It was a strange game. Uh, they just kept giving Breve a lifeline constantly, um, either giving them penalties to kick or dropping the ball, kicking the ball directly into touch. It was just staggering. I, I, I cannot think of a Connacht performance that was as inept in at least a couple of years. So Connacht lose by three, but they beat Newcastle, or they beat Breve by four in the uh, Galway fixture, which means in the head-to-head with uh, tries count and in terms of points difference, they're ahead of Breve. So if they finish level on them, they will will win the win the pool, and that of course means that Connacht get a bonus point win next weekend. Breve must match that. So in Newcastle, so there's certainly still a lot to play for after the game. Here's a quick smattering of the uh, post-game chat, starting with uh, Pat Lamb, and then you hear from John Muldoon. Pat, uh, first of all, you know, there's not as many positives from that defeat as there were from other ones. That seems like a sore loss, really, for Connacht. Uh, That's probably the worst game we played this season. Extremely disappointed, gutted, uh, not happy at all. Um, the, you know, Breeze didn't have to do anything for their game. We just handed it on a plate through our, um, you know, our mistakes, uh, kicking the ball, you know, our kicking game, um, dropping the ball, missed goal kicks. Um, you know, when we showed how easy it is to put pressure on and score tries and we keep hold of the ball and, and then on the back of making mistakes and the, the poor discipline and, you know, we brought referees, the referee into it as well, but, you know, and, um, and our discipline was poor and it was just simple, make a mistake, give away a penalty, three points and just uh, absolutely gutted with their performance. It's hard to put your finger on where it came from because there hasn't been any trends in these departments, but like I'm sure you're going to be trying, wrecking your head for the rest of the week trying to work out. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we spoke about it in the change room afterwards and not you know it's um, we need a response from that it's uh, you know take away the outcome and and uh, uh, I've always talked about the performance and the process and you know we had a game plan and uh, they did exactly what we expected them to do and, and we could see we just could not put pressure on before you know just individual errors was just horrendous and uh, um, you know and all, all we can say is that just that's just not a chronic performance and, uh, and that's what's disappointing I'll talk last week was you don't get wrapped up in losing streaks does it get harder when you get a bad performance to go with those defeats Oh, again, I just look at each game, and um, you know, last week was uh, you know we, we performed well, and we missed that opportunity. This week we did not perform well at all. You know, uh, it was just error after error, and um, and you know, and even even you know guys getting getting uh, plays wrong as well, which was uh, you know it's it's just disappointing. You know, and and um, you know, at this stage of the year, and you know guys are fighting for places, and you know expecting guys to perform, and when they get the opportunity, and uh, you know I'd say. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely a disappointed change room and a gutted change room because we have blown a chance to go four on the trot over here in France, you know. And I said before the game, we've won three before, you know, Toulouse, Bayonne, and La Rochelle, all based on collective and hard work. And 
Uh, you know, I've no doubt the boys are working hard, but it was, the error rate was, was horrendous. The second half was much better, though. A lot more pace on the ball, scored two good tries. It was a big improvement on the first half. Yeah, but the, 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 it wasn't going to take much because the first half was one of the worst 40 minutes I've seen. And uh, um, But again, even then, we you know we we come back, and uh, but the error still persisted through that second half, too. And uh, we just couldn't apply pressure, and that was one of our key things on the game plan. We knew that if we our game plan would put real pressure on them and we keep easing the pressure off by uh, by silly mistakes. Looking at the pool now, even if they win in Newcastle but don't get a bonus point, a bonus point win over NSI because of the head-to-head with them will be enough to win the group. Is that something to really kind of well, grasp onto? Yeah, well, it's disappointing. I mean, there is a lifeline, and but we don't control that anymore, and that's what's gutting about the whole thing. They should have been qualified, done and dusted, all finished, and, uh, you know, and we... We've only got ourselves to blame. Well, we're not, and now we have to go back. And um, and now we, you know, it's a, we saw it in the side. They beat Breve and they've beaten they've beaten Newcastle very well today too. So it's not an easy game, but we have to go and get five points, uh, to, you know, to give a chance. And unfortunately, um, you know, uh, we put ourselves in that situation, and uh, you know, I expect a response this week. John. Uh you must be as disappointed and as maybe even as angry as Pat Lamb is at, at the fact that that game was lost and, and it probably was within your own grasp as well. Yeah, we very nearly got a get-out-of-jail card at the end. If I'm being brutally honest, we didn't deserve to win that game. Um, too many mistakes, too many inaccuracies and um, just poor play, which hasn't been in our uh, game for maybe two or three years or more. I, I be honest, I, I fail to remember how inaccurate we were uh, in comparison today and it's very frustrating but as I said we nearly got out of jail. Um, we scored three tries, they scored none. Um, unfortunately uh, if you don't hold on to the ball and you don't get things right you, um, you don't win games and um, for the second week in a row our discipline cost us badly. Um, it's something we spoke about during the week and it's very disappointing. Uh, they get 21 points from kicks um, it shows you uh, that we gave away way too many penalties I don't know what the penalty count was but it was way too high and unfortunately we missed too many kicks Are you going to be able to work out during the week put your finger on why this happened I'm sure it's really hard to put your finger on why, why the drop off in terms of skill set in terms of mistakes and errors I'm not sure. Um, maybe we scored early and um, people thought it was going to be a walk in the park and thought it was going to be an easy, um, an easy day here. Um, yesterday, uh, when we arrived, Pat asked uh, who's played in Bree before and I was the only one. Me and Conor McPhillips were the only two that had been here before and Tim and we spoke all week and I spoke all week about how France is a tough place to go to and if you do well it's it's a great feeling leaving France unfortunately we didn't do that we didn't play well we didn't front up and we made way too many mistakes which cost us and um, we know from looking at the brief games that they're dogged and they stay in games and um, if they're in a game with 5-10 minutes to go they find something extra and um, we left them in the game way too long and it cost us the draw even though it would have been it was a um, disappointing not to get it when we nearly stole it at the end. Um, the draw would have been a great result for us because um, all we'd have to do was win next week and we'd have been um, fine. But unfortunately, um, as I said, our inaccuracies have cost us badly. Um, very, very frustrating. Very frustrating. Um, like We scored three tries, but if we're honest, we probably um, played to about 30% of what we're capable of. John, does it change in as a captain when you have a good game yourself? I mean, you, you, you had two tries, you had an assist. I mean, do you, do you start going, well, I deliver, why didn't the lads deliver? How do you put the mindset in there? 
Uh, Rob, I, I, I made a lot of mistakes as well. Um, I broke up, up the middle there towards the end and um, their number nine was nearly on, uh, halfway over our side of the rook when he took the ball off me. So, um, yeah, look, we're, we're a little bit disappointed. Um, we can't blame the referee. We can't blame anyone. Um, the the, um, the front row were a little bit um, annoyed the way he refereed the scrums but we can't be given out about a referee um, we can't be given out about anyone the only ones that we can look at are ourselves in the mirror and um, we can't be uh, pointing the finger um, we've got to look inward because uh, that wasn't good enough It's a big period of rugby coming from a pro 12 point of view starting with a huge game against Scarlets in two weeks time you really need to get back on track really before that comes don't you? Yeah we need to bounce back and we need to bounce back quickly um, I suppose if you're, if you're to take positives out of that, when we held on to the ball and when we looked after it, we, we cut them open. But you, you can't do that for 20% or 30% of the time and then be inaccurate for 70% of the time. And um, If you do that, you'll never win games. And that, as, as I said at the start, we didn't deserve to win the game on the basis of what we did wrong. Um, too many mistakes cost us so um, it's, it's a huge we're coming into a huge part of the season now and we, we've got to bounce back and we've got to um, stick together and we've got to, we've got to really um, up our performance levels and um, unfortunately a lot of people um, will be coming in on Monday morning with their tail between their legs and when they look back at some of the mistakes and some of the, um, the issues we had today but the good thing is we can fix it and sometimes when you lose and you lose and you don't know what is wrong that's harder but when you um, when you lose and you can pinpoint four or five areas where you can get better at least you have something to work on and we've lots of things we need to work on after that okay the post game section of the podcast continues a day later we're in Carcassonne airport uh, William is still with us. He's been introduced. He's sit- settling down there. William. Good afternoon. Lindley McKenzie. I think this is your first appearance on this week's podcast. I haven't been on for a while, have I? No, it's been quite a while. You're like Danny Pullman coming back from... You probably have the same success rate as Danny Pullman in these podcasts in terms of your popularity on it. Oh, I'm delighted to hear that. <laughs> I'm in good form this morning. I don't think you are. I've just heard the last clip of the uh, audio that you recorded in the match packy, and uh, yeah, you were grumpy. Yeah, still a bit disappointed. Uh, still really disappointed, but uh, sunshine's making up for it. <laughs> Is it really? We had a nice kind of smooth drive down, three and a half hours. It was uh, easy peasy from brief. I was driving, of course. Uh, excellent, excellent um, conductorship there of, of the good ship. Yeah, down, yeah. down to here that was, uh, really really pleased with their, your efforts well let's, let's just say falling on my own sword here I'm glad we didn't do a minute by minute documentary of this trip because let's, let's just say the drive the other direction was uh, well, calamitous at times really not anything too disastrous but had a little bit of trouble with toll boots and my short arms that's all I'm going to say no one wants to comment on that ok well, let's move on to rugby um, <laughs> and second gear yeah or first gear what goes on tour should stay on tour probably oh, wow. Rob I'm so impressed with this, lads. Yeah, this is good teamwork. You see, I got them here. No more lads. Well, lads in a, in a more pejorative general, sense. General, general <laughs> sense of the trip, yeah. So. Yeah, okay, and that's a bad start. Hey, okay, Lindley, your, your thoughts, because we know Packy's grumpy about the match. I've talked to William. He's called it a mess of a game. How would you, you summarise what happened last night? Disappointing, obviously. Mm. Um, maybe I'm not quite so harsh as other people here I think you know it, it wasn't the best game Connors had played and yes there was a lot of errors and there were a lot of mistakes and there were opportunities to win the game there was very poor kicking um, 
even had any uh, just one of those kicks gone over that one missed we you know Connett would have won um, but I think if you look at it in isolation it it wasn't the best match Connett have played but if you look at the games that have come before there was no expectation that this would actually occur and I think that's probably what is most surprising that coming off the back, despite the fact that they're coming off the back of losses, their performances have always have all been good performances um, good enough to win with no, with no mistakes well, f- few mistakes, so I think that's what is probably quite so surprising and, and shocking in the sense that it was littered with littered with errors. Just a second question for you, because you, myself and yourself were both present in the interviews, and the listeners have just heard those interviews with Pat Lamb and John Muldoon. I remarked today in the car, and you agreed with me, like we've never heard them as negative in the two and a half year reign of Pat Lamb uh, post-game interviews, but both coach and, and uh, captain were raging at the performance and very, very negative about the performance. Well, Pat Lamb was, was quite disgusted, I think, with the performance. And Were you taken aback by that? Not so much taken aback by it, but I think this was the performance that, as I said, I think it came out left wing, so to speak. Mm. You know, it, it was a performance that he would have expected them to obviously have, you know, have a have it tough because the forwards are always going to the, the, the forwards brief are always going to you know be tough enough to break down but with the opportunities that were there it was it was it was the mistakes and the unforced errors now I think Breed did put a certain amount of pressure on Connett that they did force the errors mm. um, but it was it was the whole thing from their passing to not being in position sometimes to you know dropping balls that you wouldn't expect to drop and I think that's what really upset Pat because it did come from left field no one expected this performance and you know he has every right to be cross and angry he's the coach um, and it was I suppose because this was the opportunity to stamp their mark on the pool to get this win to go into against NSI next week and beat poor leaders and now once again Connacht have done it the hard way and two losses in the pool in, a, in the pool is, is you know everyone's had two losses now I think in the pool um, and NSI w- winning a match is, is, is brilliant for them so it very is a mixed bag of a pool but Connacht had the opportunities to continue with pool leaders and to go through without question into the quarterfinals now it's just put more pressure on them mm. next week and we were also dependent on the result in, in, in Newcastle and with Brief. Even if they win the pool, which could happen if they get the bonus point win, Packy, we're looking at an away quarter final because we will be the fifth ranked pool winner. Um, possibly against Grenoble, possibly against something like Sale. It's not, it's not where they wanted to be in this competition. No, certainly not. And not with the two Pro 12 games that are either side of it. Yeah. That's, Munster, yeah. yeah, Munster and Ulster. So. Last night it, it really sticks in the crawl actually to play so badly and then have the game handed to you and then just throw it away in the manner that they did. Uh, I'm really surprised with, with that. I know we had the last minute kick against uh, Clanetley, a silly penalty to give away, but this was uh, they just threw it away. Uh, I'm really, I'm really, I'm kind of shocked by it. I'm shocked by the performance. Really shocked by the performance. When you take uh, William last minute try conceded to Ulster last minute penalty to Scarlet, last minute penalty to Breve, and you could even throw in there the Cardiff game where in the last minute they were in the 22 on their line with the game in their hands and they let it slip. That's that's championship minutes, that's the last few minutes and that's a team that can't see it through. Yeah, and I think the more often it happens, I think it starts to play on your mind. I thought a lot of what happened last night probably came from the Selectly game where... Uh, 
that hangs around you like a bad smell performance like that unfortunately and it was symptomatic last night that they just made error after error small incremental things went wrong uh, and I'm not surprised Pat Lamb was angry I'd say he would be absolutely fuming and he'll be fuming with certain players and I'm sure they're going to be, they're going to be told they, they came out at the start of the second half and they actually played quite well for about 15 minutes and then they just switched off again uh, every kickoff was a was a nightmare for them. Uh, kicking exit strategies we were talking exit about, yeah. strategies, kicking the ball directly into touch, just giving Bree field position. Uh, looking at it in reflection, I'm not sure Bree were even bothered about that game last night. They, they they sort of won it and they kind of shrugged their shoulders and went and co- congratulated their fans. And but it was all. I don't actually think they'll do anything at Newcastle next week. I, I think they've no yeah, I think interest. Lose, yeah. And I just think last night they were there for the taking. When you score three tries in France and you don't win, you've you've had a really bad night. Can I just throw something out there? And that is, this was the 14th of 16 games. Yes, and I'm just wondering that with the squad that Connacht has and with the small squad that Connacht has and the injuries they have, could this just be one game where it's the first bad bad game where, where they were entitled yes one game too many where they were entitled to just it just didn't work for them in the sense that no one expected it and maybe it is just the fact that this is the 14th of 16 games which is a huge huge demanding task on any of these and let's face it a lot of these players are young players you know, we, we don't have we don't have a you know a bunch of experienced players who are who are used to handling all this, and maybe it's just it's just to, yeah, to throw it out an there. Observation, and I think it, I, we mentioned the commentary, but I, I think you might be right. But Packy just still that worry though, because it's a five-game losing streak with a really bad game to at the tail end of it. And yeah, sure they should win next week, but it could be really scrappy next week. Which I can't see next week really kind of catapulting them into the Connecticut game, no matter what happens. No, it's not going to purge them of, no. of the result. You know, and it's a I mean, if they don't win that, if they don't get the bonus point, that's a complete and utter catastrophe. Like, mm. They might as well throw their hat at it. But it's, I, I feel like they really need a better test next week just to kind of, you know, purge themselves of last night's game and uh, go into the Clannetly game because that's, that's, the, that's the big kicker. Like, it, I, I was unbelievably disappointed last night. I was just so... I was just really annoyed with the way it was thrown away. But at the same time... If, uh, a win against Clinetley in the 30th and I'd hand this result away no problem like, to be honest with you you're saying about looking, we're looking at the away quarter final in Grenoble possibly mm. between the Munster and Ulster games I, 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 knew I wouldn't even travel to it <laughs> I mean <laughs> as a team like I, it's this the, because they, they will need the break they'll need the break in between those two games so you nearly send something similar to what they sent to Newcastle like. exactly Exactly. That's I don't do. disagree with you. Now there is the bonus of winning the away quarterfinal gives you a very good chance of a home semi-final, not guarantee, but against one or two seeds, unless the one or two seeds also lose at home. So that changes the dynamics, and it could put you into a, a real shot at a first ever Challenge Cup final. Well, well, that's it. That's it. Clinically, game. That's like an eight-pointer, really yeah. and truly. That's, that's, that's it. The game. And yeah. the monster game. I want to drive them down into the dirt when they're when they're when they're so bad at the moment. I know the one against uh, Stamford say that's fine. But to keep them down there, down below is like... Yeah, that, it'll that's undo what, a lot of the good work in Tormund Park if you lose them at home. That's what has to happen. Mm. They have to be beaten. 
Again. The reason why Packy's referencing that, William, is because when you come out of this run of fixtures that are very targetable in February, then you're into that interprovincial sp- period. And, you know, we keep talking about season defining, but it's going to be so important. And um, yeah, we'd like to progress in the Challenge Cup, but we also know how hard it is with the referees we're dealing with, including last night's referee. How hard it is to win away from home in this competition? It is, and I think once NSI are beaten on Saturday, which they will be with a bonus point then Connacht will just park this competition and forget all about it because they've really got to get back into the Pro 12. And they need they, they have to beat Senecli at home. They just have to. There's no way around that. And they've let themselves down a bit because they've set themselves up for a, an absolutely must-win game. It's, I'll go back to what I said before. If they'd beaten Glasgow and Cardiff, which they should have done, then you build in a little bit of a space for yourself to have a bit of a run like this. Now they, they're, they're, every game is going to have to be won. It'll concentrate their minds. Players will come back. Um, but losing is a bad habit. Winning's a great one. It doesn't, you know, that's in any sport at any time. And I would s- suggest that they'll have to try to in, fight, make sure that what happened last night is really the bottom. They've now got to have touched bottom and they've got to come up damn quick. OK, before we do any other business, our flight's been called. Here's Dave Finn. A little three-minute segment, because we said we better catch up on who signed new contracts and what's happened so far. He's only dealing with facts. No speculation. Alan insisted on that. He didn't want any what might happen. So here it is, Dave Finn. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Um, so, guys, we're going to look at, at some of the players who have signed up for Connacht into the 2016-17 season and beyond. Uh, there's been a number of deals gone through. Of course, a lot of players still out of contract at the end of the season whose deals haven't been tied up yet. We'll be waiting to see what becomes of those. Some major names, of course, we know the likes of Robbie and Rodney have been linked with moves away. But we again, nothing definitive has been said of them as of the moment I'm recording this. So the deals that have gone through, the one of the major deals is John Muldoon signed on for another two years through to 2018. It'll be see John play 14 seasons already with Connacht. He is Mr. Connacht. He is the heart and soul of the team. It doesn't seem right there would be a Connacht team over the next couple of years without John Muldoon, at least if it being part of the panel. He'll be joined in the squad by... Kieran Marmion, he was the first deal signed that was back in November. A deal which was, to the light of Connacht fans, was signed very quickly, tied Kieran down for two more years until the end of 2017. Great deal for Connacht, a lot of interest, of course, sparking about certain other provinces needing uh, young, up-and-coming scrum halves, so it's very good for Connacht to tie uh, an Irish international down because, as we know, we only have the four at the moment and no offence to Mull, but I don't see him getting called up to the Ireland squad in the upcoming months. Other players to get tied down to count over the course of the winter have been Matt Healy, who was signed on again for two years. Again, another player Connacht fans were slightly worried about losing and he has signed on for two years and proving once again that when it comes to unearthing talent from the AIL nobody does as well as the boys in the sports ground local lads have also been tied down Tiernan O'Halloran has signed a two year deal as well Tiernan's having probably his best season solidified his position as probably our first choice full back and he has also signed on for two years in terms of players coming in it's been quite quiet but we have had one and that's a return of an old favourite Owen Griffin has to return from London Irish next season on a two-year deal. He moved at the end of the 2014 season. It's been a bit of an injury played a couple of years uh, for Owen across in London. And of course, he's playing with a team that is struggling uh, quite quite plaintively in the 
um, in the English Premiership at the moment, not having a great season. And Owen hasn't seen much game time there through decisions of coaches, of course, and also, of course, he has been injured. In terms of the future, we've tied a number of our up-and-coming players who all have received a serious amount of game time this season from academy contracts through until senior contracts. Two most recent guys to sign out, are one, is, one is a local homebrew player and one is a player discarded by another province but given the opportunity to perform in college and he sees it with great aplomb. And they are Sean O'Brien, Sean who can play at four, uh, six, and eight. Uh, I've seen him play in all of those positions. I've also seen him be the only player ever to be seriously injured by a running rail for a hare at a greyhound track. Sean signed on to a senior contract from next season, having having been on an academy contract, and has to has Peter Robb. Peter Robb was let go from Leinster a couple of seasons ago, having been p- part of a very good Ireland under-20 squad at the World Cup, probably an outstanding player in that World Cup. He first played his game, as did Sean, out in Russia. So any player that was prepared to go to Russia and play in those conditions deserves to be moved from an academy contract to a senior contract. And by both players will go on to senior contracts from next season. Has two or three more established, if it can be said, players. Uh, Rory Parada, James Connolly and Shane Delahunt. Um, Shane, James and Rory have all been more or less part of the senior squad for most of the season. Never let the side down. Rory scored a couple of tries out in uh, out in Russia and against Breve here in the European, in the European Challenge Cup. James put in a massive performance having been called in at relative, not short notice but having called in from the cold for the game down in Munster put in a massive performance and belied his inexperience and his lack of years with an outstanding performance at seven and given that he is predominantly a six it was another outstanding performance and Shane Delahunt um, a young lad from Burn who has come through um, with injuries at hooker has proven that he, he never lets the side down and has grabbed his opportunity and will always have a moment where he can say he scragged Rune Pienaar and threw him to the ground and that was in the game here on St Stephen's Day. So those are the deals that have been signed so far. We'll let you know what other deals go through as they progress through the summer and uh, we expect normally during the Six Nations is when we start to hear about contracts um, so we'll let you know what happens there and as soon as we hear about them uh, from Connacht and from the RFU we'll let you know here on Craggy Island Right we've just decided we're going to do the any other business in Ireland Yes Because our plane's here We can stop at the MC Do you know the way they all say the late inv- arrival of your inbound flight our inbound flight has arrived early I think it's the only plane in Carcassonne Airport. It's still going to take 25 minutes to get it cleaned out. So you may have heard it. Not quite sure where we've all had to get up and yeah, that's good join the. No seat. one, no one has even got off the plane yet. So I think I think we're okay. Um, I think we're fine. But that being said, we'll, we'll save it. We'll have a think about our any other business. No excuses now. Good any other business for Dublin. In the car, on the way home. Final section of the podcast. We are now in Ireland, in the Midlands, at a roadside stop. That's all I'm going to say, because I feel they get too much promotion. Yeah, now everyone knows who's who it is. <laughs> Anyways, Lindley, we bumped into some international rugby players here. We did indeed. Yeah. And they're of the female variety. West of Ireland, international rugby players. Absolutely, all Galway girls. Oh, very good. If I'm allowed to say girls. Well, yeah, I, you have women, girls, yeah. Well, like, when you say it, you can say it whichever way you want. Yes, there's uh, Sene Nayupu, George's wife, and uh, Ruth O'Reilly from Galway, and they've just come down from training in Dublin. Yeah, the Irish national squad. Six nations coming up for them too. A big best of luck to all of them. We should do a little piece on that. 
I will. That's going to happen. Everything to promote women's rugby. Yes. We've, we've, we, we left an hour and a half behind the Connick team, and we're, going to be, we're, we're an hour ahead of them at the moment, I think. We're stuck in a bit of snow. Yeah, well, you had excellent, excellent directions given to you. Um, yeah. Direction and booking flights and all that, Rob. All right. Yes, it was. Packy, Packy just going ahead of us uh, helped helped us decide that we went to Carcassonne. I think it worked out to be the best trip there in the end. Uh, nice old journey down. Oh, we just have time really for any other business. I think we've had Dave, we've had the post game interviews, we've had Packy and Ronan during the game. We've mentioned most of the fans we met, but not all of them. I'm trying to think of any. Oh, Pete and Louise didn't mention them. Yeah. Pete has been he popped up here in the uh, nearly said the name of it again in the roadside stop on the motorway and uh, yeah anyone else he would know we mentioned them already oh I'm sorry if I forgot anyone moving on it ran time is it I think it is I mean is there anything else to cover we, we discussed the relevance of the Challenge Cup but we can do that another time maybe next week because let's be honest we won't have a lot of rugby talk about next week so we'll have a good chat we'll get Lindley back on the podcast after that one 3 o'clock kickoff. that's going to be strange what's on your mind William any other business uh, Monster um, this week I've had to read and listen to some absolute crap been spoken about the national emergency that is the rough season that Munster are having it's been endless um, former players telling us they've never seen anything worse it's a disaster it's a catastrophe and then they win yesterday and everything's fixed um, Andy Farrell's in though yeah Andy, Andy Farrell's been parachuted in uh, was supposed to be one day a week but now it's two days a week to help sort it out um, it's just absolute nonsense. Maybe it's just a simple reasoning that they're just having a bad season. They mightn't have a very talented squad at the moment. Uh, but it seemed to be, I was expecting the IRFU to uh, almost to have a bucket collection at all games in the country for the Save Monster Fund. Um, tedious stuff, I have to say. And uh, there you go. All right. William loves Munster. <laughs> oh, congratulations to Galwegians on advancing to the final of the All-Ireland Bacon Cup. Oh, right. Yeah, fantastic for them. He battled the hinge. Great result. It was a close enough game, but at least they're through to, I think it must be, is it their first All-Ireland final? Yeah, first Connacht team ever to make it to a final. I still know that. I'll have you know, Rob, that the first ever winners of the Batman Cup. Oh, the 1985 one. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go, I'd be. Since they, I, I really, really did mean since they restructured it and reformed it. I'm sorry, of course, Corinthians won it. That's correct. Oh. Well, hopefully, go we oh, able to translate that form into the All Ireland League season. Yeah, their home form has been quite good, and it'll just keep the momentum ticking over. Um, but that was that was some win. Well done to everyone involved, and uh, exciting times ahead in that competition. Paggy, anything to rant about? Not really. I just uh, just worried about the reaction to the results yesterday. Yeah, that's what I'm really worried about. Um, because we've been talking about since and all that. There's possible tiredness there, but a mental fatigue that's kicked in. And I don't know how you get out of that. Usually, a break is the best thing to get to get out of something like that. So, but they've no, they have no choice. Like they just have to have to get back into it. You know, there's no chance of a break or anything like that. So. Well, I don't know. Well, the good thing about that is that most there's a lot of the injuries that now have. Are, you know, a lot of players have come back from injury, and you know, I think the team that actually went to Russia and put up on that awful cold weather should probably be given another chance to do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would allow for key men to get the rest that they need 
ahead of the big game against the Scarlets, which is I mean, two weeks in a row we're going to have games kicking off in the afternoon. It's going to be like the, the mid-noughties. Old style, two games kicking off at three o'clock on a Saturday. It's, uh, it's amazing. <laughs> it's a kick-off time that I thought had simply disappeared off the horizon. Uh, certainly it would have been much nicer if yesterday's game had been played at three o'clock rather than quarter to nine in France. Um, they just need... They need, they'll get a win next week they have to have a win the following week winning will get rid of a lot of tiredness if they had won last week's game against the Neckley they wouldn't have been tired last night it's, it's just a mental thing it's how you set, set sides up how players set up and hopefully they have now bottomed out just a, you know in the cinema sometimes you get a little glimpse of a film that's coming out like eight months away like it's just a future preview future preview of Warner Williams any other business I've just given them um, the idea that possibly there is yet another clash between a Six Nations game England versus Ireland and a Connick game I just talk, caught a glimpse of it on the uh, fixtures I think the Ospreys game is on the same day we'll, we'll find that out we'll check it out that's it from us I think down the motorway in an hour and a half what's your plans pump to bed Put my son to bed and uh, go to bed myself, I think. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have nine matches recorded on Sky Plus. That's probably, God knows how many hours, well, it's probably 30-odd hours of rugby. And I have no... I think I watch about 20 minutes between now and Friday. But it's there, and I, I feel like I can, I can follow up on it. Lenny, safe home. Thanks for joining us. Oh, most welcome. The house will be sound. It'll be, it'll be sprinkling clean. I have no doubt when you get home. That's the way it works. William, talk to you next week. Yeah, I have to go home and empty a dishwasher that actually did a dishwashing cycle on December the 23rd uh, and hasn't been emptied. And then I have to put in all the dirty dishes I created when I came back from South Africa. Uh, and I've also got about so much washing in the dryer, I don't know where to begin. It's just all this rugby and sport is very taxing. Well, you might, I'd, I'd actually just turn that dishwasher back on again if I were you. That's fine. I did, open the, I did open the door and it looks clean. I never got a chance to empty it. Mentally you could say then uh, just fill, fill the dishwasher there. I've got the lot done this evening. All right, folks, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>